Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, the ESCR call is in session as we judge Graham Potter's time as boss and review who might replace him long term. We react to the shock news that Super Frank will take over as boss until the end of the season. We review our dull draw against Liverpool. We'll check our thermometers too, take some knee jerk form temperatures. We'll look ahead to a trip at the weekend uh, to the Midlands versus Wolves. And our own Chris Tarrant, Brady, has got another Chelsea quiz for us. We're going to run out of these soon, I think. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought it might be Aaron, it might be Aaron Robertson, to be honest. Oh, we, 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 we got That's that coming up, mate. <laughs> I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Big, 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 big week. Lots happened. Yeah, lots happened. Obviously, Potter's gone. Super Frank's coming in. Um, the football, less talked about that, the better, I guess. But looking forward to next season already. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a been a whirlwind 72 hours. I mean, I've got to be honest, uh, I was pretty, let's say, happy when we finally sacked Potter. And um, yeah, Frankie Lampard getting the band back together and uh, looks like we're going to get a proper manager in the summer. So it's been quite a 72 hours. So lots to go through, boys, tonight. Absolutely. We've got a jam-packed session today. Um, we're going we're gonna to start, we're going to head over to court with Judge Craig to find out what Graham Potter's been accused of. <laughs> Graham Potter's been accused of a lot, to be honest, but yeah, the, it's time to take Graham Potter to court. Uh, he's been accused of a, of a few things by fans, media over his time at Chelsea. We're going to try and find out if it's true. Brady's going to uh, play the, the role of devil's advocate as the, as the defence. Got- I've got the role of uh, the public defender that exactly. they, get in, they get in for free to defend. Very, so. I was going to say very cheap. We are free. I can't, I can't, I can't promise much. <laughs> I think I think Park can afford quite an expensive one these days. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, and yeah, Judge Craig will, will be the deciding vote on guilty or no, not guilty. We've got four accusations levelled at Graham Potter. Are you ready for this, the defence? Yeah. One, accusation one, making no effort to build a relationship with the Chelsea fans, mundane pressers, and having no personality. How do you plead? Not guilty, of course. Not guilty. Great. So uh, what's your, uh, your defence? Well, you know, the boys did give, it, give everything in most <laughs> things. There's no doubt about that, that the boys did give everything. Um, <laughs> On a, well, on a more serious note, Henry Winter in the Times said that he was Graham was never the right fit, which is maybe true, but he was the board are culpable too. And you know, they hired Graham, and they knew who he was. You know, he he, he didn't pretend to be this sort of flashy manager, just just a simple man, you know, a nice guy, and he, he was just being himself in the presses. You know, maybe he wasn't as uh, dramatic and flashy as a Thomas Tuchel, but in the end. He was just himself, and that's no crime, being yourself. Nice. He's obviously been absolutely awful. The, the He's made no effort to build a relationship with the fans at all. He doesn't come over and clap at us after games. He doesn't really even celebrate the goals. Like, the, the presses as well, he never says anything in his pre-match presses. The post-match, he just says the players gave everything and doesn't really give. He's never said an interesting thing in any single one of his presses. In, in charge of Chelsea. The the most exciting thing he said was when he did the, the charity night or whatever and he said, let's win the F in Champions League or whatever. That was the best thing he ever said. 
since apart from that you, you couldn't pick a sound bite to put on you know sunday morning tv at all out of any of presses and having no personality i think obviously no personalities is harsh but saying i think you would say he doesn't have the personality to manage a high profile squad or to to manage a club like chelsea in what they expect from their manager i mean to go back to when antonio conte we scored our first goal at stanford bridge under him he jumped into the family section in the in the east stand lower he, he literally jumped straight in the two goal last uh, earlier this season obviously spurring against, scoring against spurs sprinting down the sideline you know these are the managers obviously Mourinho's a there's tons of stuff you could pick for him you know, those are the managers he's competing with at, at this club. Those are the managers that were loved and appreciated at this club. So it's obviously a completely different personality to that. So yeah, yeah. The uh, the defense rests. <laughs> <laughs> this is a court in it. We've got the court phrases. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. It just well, it's what I would call uh, one of the weaker defense performances I've seen in my court. Uh, accusation number two is making terrible team selections, managing top-ranked players like Aubameyang and Didi Fafana and etc. poorly. How do you plead to that? Not guilty. Not guilty again? What, 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 what's your defence? I mean, can I ask you a question to the court? How many players are currently in the Chelsea squad? I think there's 33 senior players. Could you expect any manager on planet Earth, you know, Guardiola, Klopp, to manage 33 players, probably 30 of which seen as seen themselves as first teamers? Can you answer that? I think that's. I think that this is the one thing that I would say is is sort of a fair criticism of the situation that Potter. I mean, was in. If, I, if I can refer to some evidence, there was a athletic. Um, Podcast this week or post, very uh, famous one that usually comes out every time a manager is sacked at a big club. And you know, Graham had to fit up an 11 versus 11 and a 9 versus 9 on, on, on coaching. An untenable situation for any manager to find himself in. The, the new, the new uh, signings, Mudrik and Madueke, had to get changed in the corridor for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, what, what, what does the prosecution say? What are you saying, Greg? Aspie had to sit on the stairs during a training video. Order in the court. Oh, <laughs> Let the prosecution speak. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're when you're supposed to be managing a big club like Chelsea, you need to find a way to to get through to the players. I think you need to understand what your first eleven's going to be, understand what your formation's going to be, and go with go with your gut and trust your pro, trust your process as a manager. And I don't think. Uh, I don't think Graham got it right, considering that we swapped formations. And I think he he has the the highest amount of changed elevens in the Premier League this season. That that might not be true, but it's up there. I think he's made the most changes of any manager in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about starting eleven, but he's made the most changes. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look look back at the ridiculous team selections he's made when. For example, Ziek was off to PSG in, in January and that fell through. And then suddenly he's just starting games straight back after that for absolutely no reason. I mean, he's a player that's definitely going to leave in the summer. And and I would say that it's slightly 
I think the squad criticism about having a massive squad is obviously fair because it's something that you would never have had to de- deal with before. And, and no manager, to be fair, would would have to deal with it before. But I think when you look at that squad page on, on Chelsea's homepage, what, what you'd expect is a 23-man squad, really, with, with or 24-man squad with three goalies. So if we if we assume we've got four goalies listed right there as, as the 31, let's get that down to 30. So basically, you just need to lose six players from the from the, the first team. You know, it's pretty natural for us to do that with Aspilicueta leaving at the end of this year. Probably shouldn't have come back for the extra year, but that was forced on him by the other club. Sakaria is going to go away on loan. Conor Gallagher, they tried to sell and he didn't want to go to Everton. They accepted a bid for him. Chukwamenka is going to be on loan next year. Loftus-Cheek. Um, Aubameyang is going to go to Barca. Didi Fafana is going to be away on loan. Ziyech is going to go to PSG and leave. You know, the squad is not <laughs> people saying like, oh, it's a ridiculously bloated squad. But these are players that obviously are going to leave in the summer. So we're, we're already down to a 21-22 man squad of, of outfield players just before we even have to do any selling of anyone that's potentially on the cusp of leaving or coming back, um, you know, this this summer. So it's not like the squad is completely unmanageable and what are we going to do in the summer? It was just a, a six-month process after these signings. And we, and we all know why we made these signings, which was to, to sort of spread the cost of FFP, um, which was going to be closed down by UEFA in the summer. So there was an urgency uh, to, to do that as well. Well... Once again, the defence rests. <laughs> the defence rests, and I will charge Graham Potter guilty of terrible team selections. We will appeal that decision at our later <laughs> date. Guilty of mismanaging. <laughs> we'll appeal at a later date to be confirmed. Um, okay, accusation number three. Your Graham Potter has been accused of awful in-game management with formations, tactics, constantly getting out coached by opposing managers in second halves, and also terrible substitutions, bringing on players bizarrely at, at the incorrect times. How do you plead? Guilty. <laughs> He's fine. There is no defence for, for this. Yeah. Insu- insufficient evidence. Guilty. Prosecution, proceed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think this one, this one's a tough one because he could have really made the big difference with his substitutions this season. I think he he fell completely short, and he sort of just seemed to run run people out in cameos with no sort of objective of trying to improve the situation that was on the pitch tactically, and it ended with sort of people just entering the pitch with no idea. Sometimes I think we ran in situations where Kovacic was sort of playing almost up front um, in one of the games recently. So there's there's definitely some some big issues that have we've come across um, with Potter and his substitutions, and he uh, he never really improved, unfortunately, in that area either. Yeah, I think one of the advantages, obviously, of having the uh, the big squad is that you can make loads of uh, of changes and and really affect games with with good players because you've got a lot of quality players available to you on the bench um, if you know how to use them. And yeah, I would say that. Way too often, it, he had no idea how to use them. He, oh, and I think Mudrick is the best example of that, where even if you're not going to start him in games and you think he needs to adjust and, and whatever you want to say, you know, one of the things he has got when you're winning in games is the ability to counterattack and and give you that pacey break that can often get you that clinching goal that gives you the two-goal cushion that means that it's not a sweat at the end of the games. And uh, he just never used him. He never did anything, really, 
you know, Potter in, in the second half of these games to affect them. It's been really, really disappointing aspect of his management. And I think Brady will let you off the defence if you want to have a chip in of, of on on this issue as well. I'm joining the prosecution for this one we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, um, just the in-game management just wasn't good. The Gallagher sub, um, 60 minutes. Just in the last few games, we have, uh, just like I said last week, uh, Leeds, Dortmund, um, Everton, uh, Villa. Just just the, the, the subs that affected the team in a bad way. And it even, even last night with um, playing Liverpool, obviously, with... Uh, Bruno kind of basically an extension of Potter essentially after the transition. Very good first half and we just fade away a little bit in the second half. The subs aren't there. The subs are too late. They don't work properly. Um, it's clearly an, a decent initial game plan which maybe shows that Potter has got an idea of what he's doing on the training ground in match preparation. But thinking thinking on his feet in a game, uh, yeah. And he's constantly talking to his, uh, to his assistant for too long and yeah, just just unsure of his decisions and at Chelsea that cannot happen so yeah the prosecution uh, is strong on this one <laughs> yeah I think uh, the judges uh, reached a relatively easy guilty verdict on this and I think probably one of our the biggest criticisms from the fans for sure um, okay accusation number four the, the fourth and final accusation is football is an entertainment at the end of the day it is a business that's driven by ticket prices and, and fans watching the game how does the defence plead that Graham Potter, his goal, the goals in the games, the entertainment that he provides in, in, in aspects and the win percentage that he provided for Chelsea Football Club was not good enough? How, how, does he, how do you plead? Not guilty. <laughs> not guilty to this one. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I'd just like to note that uh, Chelsea have scored 29 goals in 29 league games this season, which is uh, the, lowest, it, the lowest total after 29. If speak, please. If they're the lowest total in 29 games since 1923. So it's on. It's been the defense has pleaded, I, I'm just curious. The defense has pleaded not guilty to this. I'd love to hear yes. your defense. Would you, would you like me to repeat? Not guilty. Right. First of all. You know, entertainment is subjective. Some people like to be entertained by misery or things like that, or you know, <laughs> be, being boring. So that that's a subjective thing that we'll we'll go away from. Anyway, it is true that Chelsea have not really scored many goals this year, but there's a new phenomenon called XG. It means expected goals, and actually, they should have scored perhaps about twenty to thirty percent more goals. In another season. So basically, what we're talking about here is chance conversion. Now, Graham himself was a defender. So maybe he could be accused of not training the strikers very well. But we have to admit that the Chelsea attack is pitiful. And Graham cannot be on the pitch himself, talk, you know, putting in the goals. Actually, in, in, in the ear, if I've got some evidence here, it's an ESCR podcast tweet that was sent out that got some, that got some love recently. Chance conversion has been horrific for years. Under Tuchel, defensive goals, wing-back goals, and Jorginho Pence helped us tick along. That's been a huge issue for a long time. So yes, that he didn't win enough. Yes, he didn't score enough. But my God, he had a terrible attack. Hmm. Defence risks. Prosecution, what, what do you say to that? I think if you look at the uh, percentage win um, stats for Potter, I think it's the lowest. It's the poorest record 
of any Chelsea manager. So I don't think you can uh, you can hang your hat on some poor finishing, but um, I think you also need to take into consideration that um, although recently the XG was high, the overall from from kind of when he joined, it's been it's been fairly poor. And yeah, I, I, you can you can blame Havertz all you like, but he's selecting him. So, and uh, I just want to say as well, to, uh, apart from the awful goal scoring record, we've also failed to score in ten of twenty three league games under Graham Potter, which is just an unbelievable stat when when you think about it. Um, Brady, I'll let you come in again and the as the semi prosecution here. What, what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I want to focus on this year because on Sky Sports, there's a stat going around now 22 games played, 7 won, 7 lost, I think, or 7 drawn, 8 lost. Let me, yeah. go through this, let me go through this calendar year. How many wins do you think we've got this year, all comps? 2023? Um, three, six, I think. Six, five. Six, 16 games, all comps. Three? Five. Split the difference, four. Right? Yeah. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, that's twenty five percent win rate. Yeah, so and one of them was a form that four nil spanking to see. How many goals do you think we've gotten in sixteen games this year? It's not many. Uh, it's ten, twelve, or sixteen. Uh, what do you think? Twelve. Twelve yeah, goals. Twelve yeah. goals. That's like zero point eight goals per game. Absolutely shocking. So. In we we failed to score in eight games this calendar year, so we failed to score in half the games. And this is relegation form. I mean, if, if we're talking about it in in a Premiership season, we maybe had thirty thirty one points. Absolutely shocking. Not good enough. It, so the other things that we've we've been you know defending and prosecuting about the the win percentage and the the points just not there, and they hung on for too long and too long and. There was a lot of excuses about injuries before the World Cup. You know, Newcastle away, loads of injuries, Fulham away. This year, and let's face it now, Chelsea actually have like a fully fit squad with Kante back. And we've had a 90% um, fit squad for a while now. Four wins in 16. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's obviously absolutely dreadful. And, and just to rule on this final one, you are guilty, Graham Potter, unfortunately, of, of no goals, tragic entertainment, and a very low win percentage. And yeah. Um, just to finish up on 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 Potter, really, because I don't think we need to spend much time the, talking the about defense it. Is, the defense is already in the cafeteria. We've left. We have no defense. Um, well, we should try and get Potter behind the jail cell bars as the uh, as the p- picture for the podcast episode posting on Twitter. But I, I think uh, you know he won't he won't be missed, Graham Potter, by the Chelsea fans. It's been a, a an appalling managerial reign and you know although we don't celebrate people being sacked but I don't really like that element of celebrating him being sacked I'm certainly happy that he's he's not Chelsea manager anymore and that we can move on and try and find someone that I think is more appropriate for this role And that segues us on nicely to someone who will be taking over this new managerial role, even though it will be in an interim basis. And that is Frank Lampard. What are you guys saying? Super Frank. He's back. <laughs> He's back. I, I, I can't wait to buy it. To, I've got to find this. Uh, it's a compilation of him saying, I haven't got a magic wand. 
It's so good. It's a, a compilation of his presses. Oh, I, 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 we'll, we'll find it and maybe we'll include it as a little soundbite on this on this presser. But he's on this pod. Sorry, he but he's got an incredible compilation of presses where he says, "I haven't got a magic wand." Well. He needs one to, when he's taking over this squad because it's an absolute mess right now in the Premier League. And, and he's hopefully he can magic wand himself away to a Champions League win. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? If he was to somehow navigate a Champions League. What a. Well, sorry, because I, yeah, I think I mean, it's going to be backed up by JT, John Terry, and Ashley Cole as well, which, to be fair, is. is quite exciting as a, a general prospect as a Chelsea fan where we've got like nothing to lose. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to the next ten games. I think it could be quite a lot of fun. Di Matteo 2.0 much reload it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just uh, player power behind the scenes getting us the Champions League. But um, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean we've been on Twitter and you think, well, we've been following the Nagelsmann and Enrique news, and then you just get this out of nowhere. That I mean, Lampard was at the game last night. And apparently he was just, you know, chatting away to the sporting directors, Win Stanley and Lawrence. And uh, now he's going to get the job for a little while. So um, I've, I, apparently it's definitely just a short interim thing. It's not going to be one where, you know, he's going to actually be trying to get the job or anything. So that's good. But um, I think even if he wins the Champions League, I don't think he'll get. The yeah, I think it's like a fixed contract thing. Um, and we'll talk about, I think it actually, we'll talk about it a bit later. I think Lampard, I think what they decided to do, I think favours one of the uh, replacements that will, the long-term replacements we'll talk about next. But um, yeah, I've actually got a little anti-social piece for, for this, boys. So I'm going to do like a little couple of tweets that I've just seen the last hour. What you think? Because it's actually been quite a divided, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty buzzing, you know, get the, get the band back together. We need all the uh, positivity we can get after this season. But there's actually been a bit of a divide in social media. So I'm just going to do a little... Segue into I'm in shocked that there's been a divide on social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, yeah. Goes with the territory. Anyway, the first the first tweet is by Ben Jacobs. is a very popular um, CBS reporter. Gets a lot of inside scoops. A bit like Romano. Gets a lot of inside scoops on the developments around football. He said Lampard to Chelsea makes a lot of sense. Popular appointment with most fans. Buys time to undertake a proper recruitment process. Relieves Bruno Salter from an uncomfortable position and changes the mood at Cobham. Big chance for Lampard to manufacture a UCL fairy tale. And CFC caretakers do have a knack of succeeding. What do you think, boys? Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. I think uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. I think it, the mood at Cobham thing is a is a really valid point as well. I think Lampard has got a, a good energy to him, uh, is well-respected. At Chelsea and and yeah, I I can see this being a. Also, he's got experience playing this three four three. I thought we looked best under Lampard playing a three four three, and you know, he went away from it in the end. But um, I think I think we're I think it suits us down to the ground this and and gives them time to to make what is incredibly important higher for them as owners because I think if they get this wrong, there'll be fans turning on them. I think, uh, and saying they don't know what they're doing. So I think taking their time, making this higher, makes makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's a. I think this is a really smart idea. I was against. I, I would have kept Potter until the end, but clearly there was it was untenable um, for whatever reason with either within the dressing room or whatever, um, or with the fans. There was a lot of hate for him out there. So um, yeah, so it's a smart appointment. I think Lampard. He, like it's as I said, it's a bit of a shot to nothing for him. So, and uh, yeah, he think he's well respected. There's a few people that he'll he'll remember from the dressing room, and obviously one of them um, will hopefully see the return of Mason Mount to the starting lineup because he feel like he's been iced out. So uh, 
I think that'll be a really positive thing as well and generate some some excitement um, for the fans because we we could do with um, we could do with a bit of fun towards the end of the season because it's been a it's been a long drag. Yeah. Well, there's always a always a counter yin and a yang to life. So we'll go through this this tweet by uh, I think it's pronounced Dubois CFC Dubois. And he's got 300k followers. Usually a big Olivier Giroud fan. He's got Olivier Giroud with his avatar. Big uh, social media Chelsea account. He says first mistake, first mistake was sacking Tuchel. Second mistake was delaying sacking Potter, who was out of his depth for ages. Now hiring Lampard after he showed he was out of his depth. In inverted commas, vibes isn't the best way to approach a UCL quarterfinal. One percent chance, ninety-nine percent faith. What do you think about that? I think that there are some fair points around getting a manager in before the Real Madrid tie because we've we're in the competition, so we've got a good chance, you know, or a chance of winning the Champions League. But at the same time, I think what supersedes that is a element of getting this decision and managerial appointment correct and not having that short-term outlook that you know because we're in the quarterfinals of a champions league next next week we have to rush this decision and make it immediately my opinion is Nagelsmann might, might be done by the time real madrid comes around the second leg anyway I, I i just think they wanted to get this bruno guy out of here i don't think bruno wanted to be manager you know to be managing the team anyway i think he's doing it sort of as a favor while while we get something sorted and um yeah, I, I like I said, I do get the the element of of sort of this feels like a bit like throwing the Champions League because Lampard's not a very good manager. And I, I agree, I don't think Lampard's a great manager, but at the same time, I think what's more important is the is getting this right. I think he's a better option than what we have currently in Bruno Salter, and obviously they don't want to rush, which is a bit frustrating because it seems to indicate that they knew that they rushed Potter in. So that's frustrating in a sense where I really wish they took the due diligence when they sacked Tuchel because if they sacked Tuchel and took the due diligence that they're doing now, I don't think the fan uproar would have been nearly as bad as it was. I think the issue was that they had, I guess, I don't know, lined up Potter very quickly without really doing their homework. I think he was a bit of a hype appointment, to be honest. I mean, when you look at Brighton's actual win percentage as well, I mean, if only the last 20 games he actually started turning up for Brighton. And we see now that, like, you know, he's built a good thing there and Deserby's carried it on. But, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that, like, with this tweet, you know, I guess Lampard, the, he has got Champions League experience, though, Lampard. And that's actually, I mean, obviously with Solskjaer, he literally, he never even picked a team before. So, even Frank, even though, obviously, he got to in the top four, he's managed some higher stakes games for Chelsea. He's travelled away, he's heard the Champions League music as a manager. Look, not a fantastic manager, you know, You know, got sacked by Everton earlier this season, let's not forget. But yeah, much better option than what we had. And, I, you know, I, I, if you've got Nagelsmann in now, or in, what what can they do in a week anyway, you know? So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good option for now. And I think it also, in a more macro sense, it, it gives the new manager a, like a, a clean slate. Like, for instance, if we brought Enrique now, we or whoever... And we, you know, they perform badly in this in this year's Champions League. They've already got a little bit of blood in the water on their CV, and we don't want that. It's want a clean slate. They need a they need a good two seasons for me. These managers before they're judged, unless they really crumble. And yeah, so that's I think that's why it's good. I think it's a nice bridge. I, I agree. I think getting someone in now and say they lose four or five games, it it does le- it does taint people's opinion whether yeah. it's correct or not, and. You don't really want that. You want someone to start with an opportunity to to succeed. 
And I feel like if you put them in now, there's a big opportunity that they... they I mean, potentially... there's a good chance as well that Lampard won't win any league games, to be honest. I mean, because the players are just... I mean, FA, we did a go out the Champions League versus Real Madrid. Obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're underdogs in that tie. It's like... You know, it's just someone just to take the hit a little bit, you know. So Lampard, you know, it's no skin off his skin off his nose if we know we only get 45, 50 points, real, for instance. It's like he's just, you know, he'll be cheering the fans, you know, he'll get the fans going. And that's kind of, it's a very simple and tribal thing, but that's kind of what we need. I mean, Chelsea fans at the moment are getting most excited about Mason Mount clapping them off the pitch. I mean, that's how bad it's got recently, so... I also think it's a. I think it's a big opportunity for Lampard, right? He he yeah. didn't have a good season under Everton, so he's got a bit to prove himself. So, it, you know, it's a, it could be a win-win for both for both parties in that sense. Let's not forget as well when we. I mean, I know obviously Tuchel won as the Champions League. Let's not forget that Lampard won the group stage. So, you know, he was part of that. And I'm not saying that we would have won the Champions League under Frank Lampard. We wouldn't have in that season. But um, yeah. If we're talking about uh, we're talking about short term, but important to talk about the long term replacements, right? Yeah, we've got two two candidates that are being interviewed at the moment: um, yeah. Julian Nagelsmann and Luis Enrique. Yeah. Where where do I I don't know? Should we? Should, do you want to talk about both of them, or do you want to talk about um, each one individually? Which well, one do you kind of pref- which one do you kind of prefer? I guess. Yeah. Well, what's your what's well, your preference, boys? What's your gut? I, I, well, I personally would, would fa- fancy Nagelsmann ahead of Enrique. I know there's been a lot of debate on this, but I just think Nagelsmann, in terms of what they want to do and finding a manager that's going to be a long term manager for a club, if you if if you've got a manager that's 35 years old with the experience that Nagelsmann has, I think he's got a fantastic ceiling. I think he's got a ceiling to be our manager for a long time. It's almost like, you know, when uh, Pep took over Barcelona or something like that at a very young age, he's able to really, really build and grow at a club that that's given him a chance and would have given him a chance. Even if they hadn't played well, they did end up playing well. But I, I just think Nagelsmann gives you that incredible ceiling of a young coach coming to a new league and he could be incredible but he also has in my opinion one of the highest bust rates of of a manager as well I think he could be you know just as bad as well maybe not as bad as Potter but you know just as 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 naive or making mistakes in the same way um as Potter did so I, I but I like that I think you shooting for the stars is what you should be doing with the manager um, and I think that Nagelsmann is better than Enrique in, in that regard. What about you, Chris, before I say anything? Well, I saw some reports today that um, Enrique had sort of turned up with some sort of PowerPoint presentation. Where yeah, he was, explained... like, uh, he was like, next slide, Popovor. <laughs> yeah, where he talked about like what his plans were for the squad, um, you, know, what, you know, what he's looking for, key attributes, how he's going to use players. So, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you kind of think, okay, that, that sounds quite interesting. He hasn't been... Like Nagelsmann's just come out of that Bayern Munich job, right? So you don't really know where his head's at generally. I think the smart appointment is probably Nagelsmann from a project point of view. But I don't know. There's something about Enrique that sort of feels like it might be a better fit. Just the way that he's had a bit more time. He seems like he's quite up for it. He maybe seems a little bit more motivated. Whereas I think Nagelsmann, you you don't really know if he's still sort of... I mean, I think, I think, I think dreaming about Bayern Munich, maybe. I don't think it's that. I think he, I think 
I think managers are excited, but also very wary of Chelsea. I mean, Nagelsmann is German, and I, I assume that you know all the German managers are pretty close. I'm sure he's had a conversation with Thomas Tuchel, or will do. And you know, it's. I mean, Simon Johnson on the Athletic Pod said that you know that like they might be looking for the best of both worlds, and it's not something that exists in terms of like a bridge between somewhere between Tuchel and Potter because they're going to have to like release their grip on the club a little bit. I don't think it's right that owners watch training sessions. I don't think that's correct. Uh, there's been a lot coming out that the players felt intimidated, that the owners were maybe picking the team. It's clear that they're you know control freaks. There's actually been a lot coming out recently that it's actually Begdale Bali that is actually the driving force behind Chelsea at the moment because he's the main investor in Clear Lake. He's investing most of the money. And Todd Bowley is kind of like the face of it, but it's actually Bali driving all the deals. And Bali actually flew to, um, to Turkey to get the uh, Mudrik deal done. But I think what they're going to have to realise is that like managers are going to be they're going to be like tentative like in a sense to take the Chelsea job because of you know all the things that like have gone on and like the, the mismanagement of the club and it's like just buying Madueke just for the, like just for vibes basically and just like is yeah. it, I, but I so I disagree with a, a few things you've said what one just now that about buying Madueke for vibes I mean I think they couldn't make it any more clear that they're buying these players. The seven and eight year contracts. I mean, that, that couldn't have been any more obvious. They signed everyone to them. So, I mean, that, that, the UEFA were taking that away in um, well, this, the summer. This is, this is the issue with the contracts is that the problem is, is they, they've got some players on the larger contracts like Sterling and they've got other ones on the newer ones. They've actually got a bit of discrepancy. Cause, well, you know, because Sterling, Sterling's an older player, right? So you don't want him on an eight-year no, contract. I suppose so, but yeah, I mean, they're looking for this like buy buy for a high amount and then, you know lower wages. But I think with Nagelsmann, I think he is much more risky. I think as an appointment, but I think like I agree. I think he's got a higher ceiling. I think the problem with Enrique, I have a little bit, is he hasn't managed in the, in the league since um, in, at a club level since, for six years. And yeah. with international management, you do get rusty. I think that, you know. that's a good that's a good point. I think yeah, like you know, you get rusty. You're watching games a lot. You're not coaching as much. He's not, you know, he's not in, you know, he's not in the weeds as much as um, Nagelsmann. I mean, it could go I, both I, ways. I don't like that because I think when you're out of it for so long, you you build up like a desire and a hunger to like for a, for something like a project where you you've been watching stuff and you 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 know when you watch stuff like when we watch stuff right you when we watch Potter we get frustrated because we want things to be done in a different way, the way that we believe. And I think you build that up. Whereas once you're doing something like Nagelsmann and you're, you're committed to something massive like Bayern Munich, you've been signed as the most expensive manager in, in world football, and then you get thrown out for Tuchel, I just don't think that you can rebuild that desire as quickly. The issue, the issue is for me a little bit of Enrique as well. I mean, I, you probably could tell I'm favouring Nagelsmann a little bit. I've been... I've been Nagelsmann's boy for like ages. I've been saying for months and months that like we should be getting him. So I'm probably I'm a bit biased there. The issue is is that Enrique's really only had success at club level with Barcelona, whereas Nagelsmann has built his career and I think in a more structured and a better way. I mean, it's he had Neymar. Germany's probably an easier place to manage than Spain. I just think he's had, it's like I said in the other part. He's had that like level up. He's had the Offenheim, Leipzig. Bayern, beautiful like progression, and it, you could tell, tell in the stats that he's like gone up, and he's just he's got experience deep in the Champions League. Not not many people know that like actually when Thomas uh, when Tuchel the year before he came to like, us and was in the PSG manager, he, um, he beat Nagelsmann in the semi final, so he's already got semi final experience in the Champions League. Obviously, uh, Enrique has won the Champions League with Barcelona, but that was with Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. I mean, 
is just un- world, world, world-class players that we just don't have. So I just think it, my gut just says Nagelsmann. I think I, I don't. I know you said he can be as bad as Potter. I don't think I don't think he can get anywhere near as being as bad as Potter. Even if I, I, yeah, I mean, I, maybe that was just like exaggeration. Obviously, Potter's probably the worst manager. Like I said last week, I think if I think if Nagelsmann had a stinker, he gets sixty-five points. To be honest, you know, I mean. I think these. I think this is the manager that could take us, you know, to like eight to that golden thing of eighty, ninety points. That's what we want. I mean, we were a cup team at the moment. We want eighty, eighty-five, ninety points. They used to be competing for the year. I'm not saying we're going to be for the league. So I'm not saying I'm going to say we're going to win the league. I next agree. Year. I, what what I would say as well about Nagelsmann is that PSG are, are in on him now as well. Apparently, they've they've contacted him. And yeah. uh, we we do need to act on this and make sure that he knows that he's our preferred guy if we if if he is our preferred guy and, and make sure we get him because we don't want the embarrassment of of going for Nagelsmann but waiting the time out now and then PSG convincing him and then not being able to secure him and then yeah. having to settle maybe Enrique maybe then gets annoyed and be like look I wasn't your first choice I gave everything with my PowerPoint presentation and, and you didn't like me and then you know <laughs> you, next you end slide, up next slide. <laughs> <laughs> you end up stuck with uh with Brendan Rodgers or something, or not that I think Brendan Rodgers is a bad manager actually, but you know what what you would what you would like to see is as be, being able to secure the the first target or or the guy. I, I would say want. that like the pool below Nagelsmann and Enrique is shocking to me. Like I think it's a very dry pool. And I, I, think I agree. That... I don't think there's many top end managers available. I know the guy from Sporting has got a lot of buzz. I, then his name escapes me, um, but he he's got a lot of buzz as potentially a, 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 an option. For, for Chelsea, I know he was interviewed before when we were considering Potter um, after we sat too close. Amor, Amor, Amorim, is it? Ruben Amorim? Is yeah, that's, that's him, yeah. yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how, how long the contract they set out for the new managers because obviously Potter had quite a long contract. Um, yeah, I wonder like, if yeah. from their mistakes in that sense well, they, haven't actually had, they, they didn't that. actually end up paying compensation for Potter right they, they only gave him 13 million compensation I don't think end. it was the money Craig I think it was a safety blanket they gave him they just went right we're just going to do things completely different I think they shut their eyes and just went I'm just going to give this guy five years and you know I mean I actually don't think I mean look, reading I listened to a lot of stuff this week and reading a lot of stuff after you know I don't think they actually regret like sacking Tuchel actually I think you know David Ornstein, like fantastic journalist, listened to him a lot this week. If they, you know, if they could do it again, they probably would just sack Tuchel. It was never going to work. But I think they really regret like rushing and like not taking their time, and that's why they're being maybe even over diligent this time. And yeah. hopefully that, hopefully that won't lead to Nagelsmann slipping away. I will say with PSG, PSG have got a horrible. Rep- I mean, I know we do a little bit of second, but PSG have got a horrible reputation. I mean, they sacked Tuchel for basically no reason, like we did, I guess, but. PSG have got, you know, that, that club's, you know, that club is, I don't think, a very attractive club for someone like Nagelsmann, personally. I, I agree. I, I don't see the appeal of PSG. Messi's obviously finished, basically. Like um, in, you know, Mbappe, Mbappe FC, No, but he's off to Real as well, so. It has the itch, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were booing Messi, weren't they, the other yeah. night? I can't so. see, I mean, I don't see Nagelsmann and... Um, and PSG being a particularly good fit, I think. I think. I think Chelsea is an attractive. I mean, a lot of things are, are an attractive project about Chelsea. They've got a fantastic squad. Uh, obviously, can have a lot of investment. And I mean, I'm sure he'll be. Any manager will be assured that you know there's going to be a cull of six, seven players. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's 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 have our final verdicts then on on the manager situation. 
Let's start with you, Brady. Who are you backing? I think it's quite obvious. Yeah, um, I'm Team Julian, Mr. Nagelsmann for me. Greg, same same here. I think uh, that's my my preferred choice. I think Nagelsmann, but I think they'll go for Enrique. Wow. I tell you what, mate. He does. He does an absolutely brilliant PowerPoint presentation. So fair <laughs> enough, to you, man. <laughs> Bill um, Gates would be proud. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might have been. Uh, we might have been better off watching that PowerPoint presentation than watching Chelsea trying to shoot um, last <laughs> night against Liverpool. Um, let's let's talk about. What what on earth was going on last night? Um, it was it was a mad game. Um, when you look at it, I mean, Anthony Taylor added to that as well, just by just just by being there and, and refereeing. Um, it was a game that was you know forty nine percent possession. It didn't didn't feel like that. It felt like we actually kind of dominated Liverpool for the most part. But uh, twelve shots, two on target. Um, it, it finished nil nil again. Um, against Liverpool, I think that's the fourth, fourth or fifth time in a row that yeah. fixtures finished nil nil, which is shocking if you look at the amount of players. Although Liverpool did put out uh, a weakened team, in essence, from from the City game. Um, how did we how did we see the game last night? I agree with you. It was a very chaotic game, wasn't it? I mean, the, there's a lot going on. It's two pretty average teams, sort of. Battling it out on the on the pitch. I don't. Liverpool in the end didn't offer much, to be honest. Going forward, I think zero point three xg in the game. I mean, obviously rested a lot of players. I'm not sure exactly what they're rested for, but just resting. I think they're playing Arsenal at home on Sunday, so I guess maybe they're feeling like. I, I, I think don't know they, why they would prioritize well, I think, that. Well, I, I think they're I looking think... at their their home games for the rest of the season for the top four. I don't think he. He fancies much, much of the away games. It looks like because they managed six... to somehow get a point last night, even though they oh, weren't really mad. trying. Um, yeah. Obviously, we missed a lot of chances in the game. I, I don't think I wouldn't say we were we were dominant in the game, but I, I, I'd say that we had the best chances. Um, Two point two xg. It's quite impressive. Oh, I would disagree with that. I think we were wholly dominant. To be honest, I, I think yeah. I think we were, I think I think we I think we battered them. To be honest, I think. I mean, could have scored loads of goals, right? I think I think that was under a different manager, or we say we better than when we just same old story. I mean, Gary Neville I mean, he's been kind of controversial. I mean, I don't like the way Gary Neville talks about Chelsea's ownership because I think he's just I don't know coming from a very biased place, to be honest. But he said that at the end of the game, Chelsea don't have anyone who thinks it's their main job to score a goal. I mean, I couldn't say it better. No one actually goes right, right. I'm the goal scorer. You know, we got like if I if it's, it's, it's chipping FC that's been for ages, and you know. With Kai, we'll talk about Kai a little bit. Probably in the temperatures, a bit of a bit of a heads up. There. It's like it's just it's just classic. I mean, you're watching the game and he, you know he handballs it in, and it's just it's just no no cutting edge, no killer edge. And um, even with Felix, like I like Felix, really good. Like up to the the 18 yard box, lovely like, Zola type um, and Hazard type dribbling, fantastic touch. Gets to gets to the uh, the um, last 20 yard, P rolls it. I mean, even his first game against Fulham, do you remember? He had three shots. They all went straight to the goalkeeper. Like, yeah. it's just... It's just... I, thought, I thought Daniel Sturridge was really good on the... Yeah, I'm sure that's fantastic. Really good. Uh, afterwards, and, and um, he said that, you know, when you're practising finishing, you know from the certain area that you are on the pitch what your preferred sort of finish would be. Um, so when you're... If you're through on goal, on, for example, used on Rears as an example, when he's through on goal from that 
left-hand side of the pitch that he was often on, it was always the side foot into the far corner, wasn't it? That was his finish. That was the one he used all the time. Uh, um, and from the edge of the area, he would curl it from right into the top far corner as well with the, with his instep or whatever. When Kai Havertz is thrown goal in the in that moment in the second half, what I just wonder what's going through his head because it isn't like I'll use this finish here, is it? He it's sort of some sort of chaotic process that he goes through where he looks up at the last second, sees Allison there, and tries to sort of just kick it into him. Like I I don't know, it's just absolutely crazy to me that that he's playing ninety minutes every game. I I just don't understand it up front. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I think the fact that no one else has been given a chance is, well, it was to Potter's detriment. In the end, with Lampard, maybe Lampard would have put Aubameyang on a bench because he should and be he on starting bench. on well, Saturday. Maybe, maybe he will because Aubameyang is, he is what he is. You know, people don't like some of the things he does off the pitch. I, don't, I couldn't really, I don't care to be honest. Um, he's a goal scorer and if Tuchel was still manager, he would be playing a lot more and I, I, I predicted he would have got 15, 12, 15 league goals. I stand by that. I think if Aubameyang was playing week in, week out. Would you get the pressing numbers out of him? No. But would you get the goals and assists? Yeah. And with, with Kyle, I was watching Kyle last night, I'm talking, he does a lot of his good work in deeper areas. He's actually pretty good dropping deep. He, he can spray some lovely passes. He's got a lot of good vision. It's like the whole team. And the, the, the one thing I want to say a little bit about last night, it was great playing the, 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 free, the free 5 2. It was like a big game formation, I called it. You know, it looked like we were playing a big game. We were playing the Champions League game. We played all the I big I thought games. they were practicing for Madrid. Yeah, That's yeah. What I thought. The, problem with, the big problem with that, though, is, is you get Kova and you get Kante in advanced areas. And they, they are under 12 shooters. They're awful shooting. I mean, oh, Kova, Kovacic, mate. Kova, I mean, what and what's going on? I called him out like, last week. It's, we just want them to win the ball and just give it to someone else. That's why Hazard was so good with Kante. Like, if you watch back under Sari, Kante win the ball, or under Conte, sorry. Kante win the ball and Hazard go, give it to me. Like, that, just like you would do in a school playground. Very, like, basic football. But that's what we need. So don't, don't do anything. Like, in the final third, run with the ball, short post it. When it comes to, like, through balls or anything like that, not good enough. So... The, the only the problem with me is if we're going to Madrid with only Kai and Felix, you know, as attackers, pure attackers on if we played that formation again against Madrid, very worrying for a goal. So, yeah, yeah, nil nil, and uh, I think the best, uh, like like most of the Liverpool games, uh, best to just forget about that. Um, but thanks, Bruno, for that one, uh, for stepping in. Yeah, thanks and all the best. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a future quiz answer, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That, that, that's that's all he is. Yeah. Name the three managers Chelsea had in the yeah. in the twenty twenty two twenty three season. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk temperatures. We've uh, we've we've got to uh, we've got to take all considerations and uh, see what see what the uh, the temps are saying for. For players on form or behaviour, and, and and goodness knows what else. Um, let's, uh, let, let's leave the boiling hot out for this one because we could, we'll talk about Angolo Kante for a bit, and we don't have to all say him for the boiling hot. I haven't got him for boiling hot, so I have got someone else. Don't be so ridiculous. That's a travesty and a disgrace, actually. Tell you what, mate, it's a free <laughs> world, and I'll, I'll put I want him boiling hot. Thanks. <laughs> like, so well, you, you're going first, Brady. So why don't you enlighten? You do us? your own in temperatures, right? Anyway, right. <laughs> Freezing is no surprise. 
It's Kai Havertz, right? Nice, very this good. This guy has been a redemption story. He's been a roller coaster. He's been a Hollywood. He's been in and out of the freezer. I must have missed the redemption part. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he's been in and out of the freezer. You know, like, he's got a penalty against Dortmund, the redemption, the second time. <laughs> Lucky. He's been, the, he's been the CEO of Iceland Supermarkets. He's been the, you know, he's been the Game of Thrones, all that, the, the, the Iceman. And like now the White Walkers, and now he is firmly back there. And I think the padlock's on. He's in there. Maybe for life, because what either his worst attribute is one and one. I think that's what he's worst at. I don't, I don't remember him scoring a one and one. I think when he's going through, he's thinking I want some skittles or something. Because he I just... take you back to Porto <laughs> in the Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, he didn't. He didn't really. I mean, he what? got quite lucky because of the goal he hit against him again. Yeah, sorry, yeah. make no bones. I, I, I don't think I don't think he's good at one on one. That's not the cleanest finish in the world, is it? No, he took it round someone. Great. So he, basically, he can only score open goals. I mean, I mean, I, I've actually looked this stat from you, Craig. Right, so non-penalty goals scored by Car Havertz in the Premier League, like the last last three seasons: twenty twenty-one, four goals in twenty-seven. Shocking. Twenty twenty-one, twenty-two, eight goals in twenty-nine games. Not all right. Not great. This year, twenty-two, twenty-three. Six goals in 27 games. It's not good enough for Kai. And it's 27, 90 minutes as well. He never gets subbed, ever. No. And the problem is, is he is good at things on a football pitch. Very good. And when he, dro- he, he drifts it, you watch him, he drifts into different areas. He can help the team tick. He can press well. I understand why managers like him, actually. He's not, in that some sense, just dissimilar to Mount in that sense, where Mount's a better finisher and a better crosser and things like that. But he works hard for the team. He does a lot of things off the ball. I can tell why managers like him, especially. I, I reckon he's a very good trainer. Um, but we have, we can't we can't play him on the in the, on the wings. Like we've got, we've got too many players now that we've we've got now. We've got we've got Nkuku, we've got Felix, um, we've got Madueke, we've got Mudrik. He isn't going to displace any of those players. He's a five man, and we we either have to change the formation and play him as a ten or drop him deeper. Or we've got to sell him. And I think if an offer comes in. I think we should sell him. I, I mean, I saw an interview today where he said, you know, like he loves the club, he loves the people and the fans. I don't know with Kai, it's, you know, with Nkuku coming in and, and Felix maybe staying, I think Kai's going to have a hard, very, very hard time keeping it in the team. So maybe the competition will help him, but at the moment he is firmly in the freezer for me. You, you have to score, you, you just, you know, we can't have this thing where like we joke where, oh, we, you know, we, for the first 50% of the season, he's rubbish. That's, that's, you can't have that. I'm sorry. Can't have that. Not, not in this era. Like, I, guess. I mean, that's obviously just absolute nonsense as well. Like, there's no well, one he, that's good in the second half of the season and they're just rubbish in the first. That isn't well, he, he does take a while to warm up. He does. <laughs> he's very streaky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another negative, isn't it? Like, oh, that's what I'm saying. You can't have that. Yeah. And so, like, I'll say this, and in the Champions League, I bet he scores a goal because he he seems to. Champions League is his comp, so I, I would actually start him in the Champions it's League. It's because we play like worse teams than than the Prem, basically, and like uh, Dortmund. No, I don't know about that. I think deep in the Champions League, he's actually been very good. But I would rather play Dortmund away than West Ham away. Like the Dortmund, yeah, I agree with that. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, warming up, which is apparently controversial, is N'Golo Kante. Um, N'Golo was fantastic last night. I think he created three chances, lots of dispossessions. He's world class. Like I said, like he's world class. What he's world class at? Running with a ball, dispossession, getting getting the getting the team up and you know up the pitch. Just just brilliant. The reason why he's not boiling hot is 
I am concerned that if we're going to play this formation, him in him and covering attacking areas does blunt us attacking wise. I mean, I saw it against Villa with Kante. It's not good that he's in advanced positions and you know that he's getting chances and things like that. So, I've made no, we don't have to play the five three two with Kante. He's fine with no, it. We in don't. The three, we three, don't. Yeah. But I don't love that. I I do in a way. I love playing Enzo Cover and Kante, but in a way I don't because in a team that's not scoring goals and none of them have really got goals in. In them, I think is a bit of a concern. It's, a, it's if, a cut formation, isn't it? The five three two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but like, it's great to see him back. Seventy minutes under his belt before the old classic Gallagher. Did you see the Gallagher substitution? So Bruno's definitely Potter's man. He brought Gallagher on between sixty and seventy minutes. Yeah, in. I saw him on the phone. He got his mobile out. Graham was giving him a ring just before. It's like it's time to bring Connor on. Yeah, Graham was popping the champagne with his uh, new, new, newfound riches. But um, yeah, so. Going Gallo Cantor warming up. The guy I'm going to do boiling hot, I think he's absolutely fantastic, is Wesley Fofana. Yeah, I, I knew really... you were going to say that. So, yeah, I did too. 89% pass accuracy, 76 touches, 9 ground jewels, nine ground jewels 1, eight, eight, 8 out of 8 tackles 1, 5 interceptions, 3 clearances, 2 blocks, and 2 two out of 3 aerial jewels 1. That was like partridge on a pear tree with all, all the stats. But like, just fantastic. Like, he... he, 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 he uh, blocked it against Fabinho, maybe saved a goal. He's got a bit of oomph about him. He can pass the ball. It's not much that he hasn't got as, as a, as a centre-back. I think he could play anywhere in a three, personally. If he was trained to, he can play in a four. As long as he stays injury-free, which is a lot like a lot of our players, I think he's going to be a fantastic sign. I mean, and we've got a great base of him, uh, Enzo, Reese, Chile, just some fantastic players for the future. So... He, he's he's phenomenal, Wesley Fofana. He really has yeah. impressed me beyond again what I probably thought he could be. To be honest, in this first, season. I know I would say that like if he started the Villa game, we maybe don't lose that game. Like he's he's that strong an influence in the defense. I think. Well, yeah, especially yeah. if we, that means we can put Reese at right wing back. Then yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So exactly, and it, him and Reese ring link up really well on the right. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like Reese, especially with Kante down that side as well. I think I think we talked about this, Chris, didn't we? During the game, there was a point where the ball was sort of bouncing around in that uh, that right hand side of the pitch, and it was yeah. like Kante, Reese, and Fafana were there. It's like we're all right down here. It's like yeah. <laughs> they're going to win it back. You know, they're yeah, or so, it'll be on it. Be honest, like, you, you trust them. We're all right everywhere until the attack. So, I, I, the, you know, seventy eight. If we get a striker and maybe a goalkeeper and a six, we're set. But um, easier said than done, obviously. A lot of recruitment there. But um, One yeah. of the things that I really like about uh, Fafana is his body positioning for defensive situations. I think if you look at him against Nunez and how he was approaching him, his his body position was perfect pretty much every time and he's ready to go. He And he's always trying to nick in whenever there's a, like a touch on the ball. He's so smart. Um, and that's why he got so many interceptions and he got five. So... Um, Really, really impressive. Seven tackles as well. Like he's he's showing exactly why we spent so much money on him. I'm really, really impressed with him. I hope that he can carry on. I do worry about he's, his. He's 22 fitness. years old as well. He's 22 for a centre back. That's just no age at all. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I worry about his fitness, but I think if we can get some good players to kind of um, populate that area, because I know we've got Colwell coming back. 
Um, well, I think I think you've got a really. Good, I mean, Trevor Chalaber is a perfectly good backup for him. I yeah, mean, I, I agree. I think Chalaber can play the the crappy games. You know, the, as a backup. And I really hope with Frank coming in that actually Trevor is someone who gets more minutes because he does. We're maybe talking about the Wolves, but he needs more minutes. So I think we're stacked in that area. And so even if the final gets injured, we've got cover. So yeah, I'm very happy with the defense as I've said for weeks. So yeah, I think for Fana, absolutely boiling at the moment. Every time he plays, he's one one of or the man of the match for me. Very good. Craig, what have you got? So, freezing f- freezing cold, I've got Kai Havertz as well. And to be honest, there's not really so many other players to, to be critical of, but I'm going to criticise someone who was very highly rated on some of the uh, the ratings apps because he, he did quite well defensively with lots of sort of key interceptions and blocks. But his distribution, again, was appalling. Kaladu Kulabali, you're in the freezer again. Um, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of watching him on, in possession of the ball. I just I can't handle it. He just boots the ball away. He gives it away. It's horrific decision making. I think he got shouted at by Reese James and Ben Chilwell in the last game, and he got abused again today, uh, or yesterday against Liverpool because he makes appalling decisions on the ball, and he gets us into trouble so often. I honestly, if 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 Thiago Silva's not back for Real Madrid, we have no chance. Because if Kulabali's back there, he will give away a goal against Benzema and Vinicius. Like he will just give away a goal. So I do think Kulabali's got. Who, some... who, who was in the freezer? Sorry, Havertz, <laughs> Kulabali. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Kai Havertz is actually in the freezer because ninety minutes again is just a point. But obviously, you don't want to give the, the back the do the freezer section to the same person. So we'll, we'll give it to Kulabali, who also I thought had a poor game, but again, like I said, rated highly on the, uh, on some of the rating sites because defensively he did do some good stuff defensively and he, and he isn't, he is an okay defender in that central role for sure. There's, there's no doubt about that. He's, he's, he's strong and good interceptions and, and can read the game quite well, but yeah, just the in possession, just, I can't, I can't handle it. Too many giveaways. Um, my my warming up section this week is Kukurea. I think that he was was strong. Uh, what the thing that he does best is really get on players f- from behind and press them high. And I love that when he when you see that on that left hand side where he's given the freedom to do that and they, they cover him behind. Um, again, a poor mistake against Villa, obviously, and and he will be criticised for that. Um, and the mistakes that he makes defensively. I don't think he's a centre-back, but he. I like him in this role where he's able to press high. In the same way that sort of Kante on the right-hand side of the pitch can really have the freedom to press up and, and, and put the pressure on players and, and win the ball high up of the pitch for us. Kukure is that on the left-hand side. Sort of Chilwell plays that over-the-top role, but Kukure really puts the pressure on. If you're looking to get out of a press... And and you're looking that out ball on the right hand side if you're the attacking team. He is on that guy if he's got his back to goal. He is absolutely on him. And like and and I think it was described as by some of the uh, someone I was listening to yesterday is sort of kicking his shins and grabbing his shirt and doing whatever. You know, he's really really on him. So I, I do enjoy that, and and I do think that he had a good game against Liverpool as well. And um, we sort of talked about the other people that had good games um, in Fafana. And everyone's boiling hot in Golo Kante, who hey. was absolutely outstanding. In not everyone's, but well, I think like 
if you had to choose a man of the match yesterday, I mean, Kante was just everywhere. Um, and he, he had a fantastic game. I, we know the qualities that N'Golo Kante brings when he's fit. Obviously, this is the first time we've seen him since September. It's been a long time, seven months in a 10-month season. Um, he's been missing for, but when he plays, he he does show you what, what you're missing when he's not there because he was phenomenal again. And I can't wait to see him in a, in a 3-4-3. I thought he was sort of semi-wasted. The way Liverpool played with their reserves turning up and playing quite negatively um, in in the game, I thought we didn't need to play this 5-3-2 at all. I, I quite like the formation in, in games against good teams away from home. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing this against Real, um, you know, with Sterling and Felix up front instead of Havertz. Um, and, and sticking Thiago Silva back there. I, I'd quite like to see what this team would do against Real Madrid with, with those two players playing. Um, but yeah, Kante was, was superb. I'm sure you all agree. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Champions League consultant. Chris, you're up, mate. Right. Um, who have I got? Well, the freezer's getting pretty full um, with Koulibaly oh, and Havertz. And I, 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 I tend to agree. I don't think I have anyone else. Although yeah. I, what I will say, actually, in the freezer for me, is Mateo Kovacic in the 18-yard box. <laughs> Absolutely. I think so, Brady, Brady did allude to this, though. I think what, that is one of the downsides of playing such a negative formation against a team that, that sits back like Liverpool. Is you do end up with Kante and Kovacic playing in the box almost, and that is, isn't where they're really best, is it? Well, yeah, he had 0.8 xG and uh, <laughs> nowhere well, near. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of this. Well, to be fair, the one that got when it, when we went around the goalie, you could say that was unlucky, maybe. No, but like yeah. a number ten coming in takes it first time. This hits in. Exactly. Yeah, this yeah. the second one. I think it's, in, in no, it's not. It's not. It's it's not a strength of his game. Takeover. I mean, him, one, him one and Kante one. always just try and pass it in. Do you know what I mean? They don't. Yeah. They ne- they never put their foot through it. They. You can tell me. I don't training. know. Kovacic has put it in the top stand, didn't he? Yeah, but like the second one. Oh yeah, 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 second one. Yeah, but like even that goal he scored against Liverpool last year, wonderful goal. But it's you know, it's like it's in the air. Like he can't dig it out of his feet and hit it with hit it with instep or you know hit it like a kind of sheer away. So um, yeah, yeah, I think the Madrid midfielders might have uh, taken that one. Um, I guess for warming up, I'm just gonna go for um. Joao Felix, who I thought was pretty influential in the game. I thought he did a good job, and I'm keeping him there from last week. He, he was good. Um, and Boynton for me has been taken, but I'll give it Ben Chilwell, who I thought had another excellent game and was really influential and unlucky not to get an assist in the game. Reece sure. didn't get mentioned at all in warming up or, or boiling hot. I thought he had a really good game back at right wing back, especially in the first half. I thought he was really good. Still tepidy for me, Reece. I mean, I mean, he scored a wonderful goal that was um, disallowed, but... Yeah. Was and that had nothing get... to do with him as well, or the goal. It's very unfortunate that it was the flick yeah. on from the header for Enzo. We need it? to see more from him on a consistent basis. I mean, we need him really, we need him on top of his game from Madrid, so I hope he can bring it. Cause, I uh, thought we, he could have done more in the second half, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I thought we looked really dangerous down that right the whole game with Kante, James, Fafana, Felix, and Havertz chipping in as well down there. I thought I thought we looked really good down the right. If you're going to play that formation, Chilwell and James have got to be on it in terms of like uh, goals, assists, and things like that, and and you know in, in, interventions in the final third because there's not enough goals in that team, so we need him to step up. So that's just the way it is. Okay, 
We're off to the we're off to the Midlands. Molyneux. Molyneux. Um, it's hard for... to get excited for this one. It's re- it really is. I mean, I, I get excited for basically every Chelsea game, but th- this is tough. I think. I think. I think. Uh, well, Frank, I, I don't Frank, know if you know. Frank boys. will be in charge. Frank Lampard has just been. Uh, you've got the here we go. So hey. Lamp- Lampard will be the interim manager for that game. Uh, I thought that gives it a bit of excitement. So uh, yeah. Well, lovely segue because our last win away at Wolves was five two. Victorori from from. 35 yards. Yeah. Can you name the goal scorers? I was going to, I was going to say, and it's, it's quite Abraham hat trick, uh, Victor Mori and Mason Mount. Those are your three goal scorers. Easy as that. I remember, I, I do remember that game very well because, um, it was one of the early games where we were sort of getting excited about Lampard as a manager before sort of his, his shortcomings were, became apparent. But, um, yeah, I think a, well, a getting excited about Frank and b getting excited about you know our young players coming through and, and really looking pretty good. Yeah, well, we've we've only won once in the last four four visits to Molyneux in the last four seasons. Not played them before that since the 2011-12 season. Um, so not not great ground for us generally recently. Um, last year's game we... under Tuchel was the game. That was just before the World Cup, I believe. Yeah, and, and it was we had, we had COVID players, didn't we? And we drew nil nil. I believe it was absolutely tragic game. But Pulisic was up front, right? Yeah, but can you name the team from that day? And and let's see if you you can guess the team and the bench from that day. This is what Thomas Tuchel was dealing with at the end of his his Chelsea. Uh, Craig, can you name the the teams? Um, Pulisic up front. I remember that. Christian Pulisic was up front, and behind him in the it was the three four three. I'll give you the formation. So um, Pulisic was up front, and behind him in the uh, inverted ten spots was. Mm. Can't think. On Chris. Well, Ziyech must have been around. Hakim Ziyech is one of them. So we got Pulisic up front, Hakim Ziyech at ten, and who's the other one? I mean, this one's a more. This is an easier one. He played every game basically for Tuchel in this position. Mason Mount. Yeah, that we've got a midfield four of Alonso, a lot. Marcus Alonso, Aspilicueta, no. Rhys James, Rhys James at right wing back. Yeah, and the central. Oh, Rhys James is playing. Yeah, r- r- the the central midfielders were one was N'Golo Kante. The other one you won't get because it was probably his only ever time playing at, at centre mid for us. He's he plays usually right centre back for us, but it is Chalibur. Trevor Chalibur midfield. Oh, nice. Um, was playing uh, Crispy. He was playing right centre back. Oh, okay. I, know, I know Kova came on in that game. I remember that. Yeah, Kova came on. Well, he was one of six substitutes. So the rest of the team was Silva, Rudiger, and Mendy. Um, so pretty pretty weak team. Obviously Chalibur playing midfield. Pulisic. That's quite a good team, I think. Was it not? I mean, I'm maybe not, the okay. attack. The attack ain't great. And, and I mean, I, I think any time you've got Christian Pulisic up front, I wouldn't call it a good team. Um, and Trevor mm. Chalibur playing centre mid. I mean, it's not exactly ideal. We only named six substitutes that day uh, yeah. because we had a lot of injuries. Two of them are goalkeepers. So I'll give you that, Kepper and Bettinelli. The four... <laughs> I mean, this is laughable, really. But the four subs that we had on the bench that day, can you name them? Kovacic, obviously. Kovacic was one. I know one, Saul. Yeah, Saul Niguez was the other guy that came on. 
there's two that didn't come on, two unused outfield players on the bench. They, what position? Defense. So what, neither of them play for us anymore. Um, one is a central midfielder. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be Chips, isn't it? <laughs> Chips Barkley is one of them. The other one is a centre back that doesn't play for us anymore. Um, left footed. Rudy. Oh, uh... oh, Saar. Malang Saar is the Malang other player. Is he, is he not on loan? Did you see what Chelsea play? I think, I think he's on loan at Monaco, yeah. Sorry, he doesn't play for as in not in our squad this season. Yeah, another one to shift out in the summer, lovely. Um, so yeah, that was the uh, that was the Wolves away team uh, for, for the last time where we drew 0-0. Four, four subs, four outfield subs. I think for this game, like even before Lampard, a really good. I mean, I know Lampard coming in shakes things up because he might not want to rotate so much because it's his first game. But we need to like give players. I mean, a lot of minutes before you know before before Madrid in terms of like Madueke, Mudrik, Chalabar, Badiashil, Mount. Well, I think well, you know, Lampard's son's going to get some minutes. Um, and yeah, we need to give these players some minutes because I think there's like. Chilwell and people like that must be like heavy loads in terms of like that red zone where like I don't think Chilwell should play 90 minutes in this game personally because definitely you know, not yeah, yeah. I, I think we, we, you're looking at Reese um, resting Chilwell resting uh, I wouldn't start Kante I wouldn't start Kovacic I wouldn't start Enzo I wouldn't start um, no one left Felix either um, uh, but I, I, I think this game is a write-off I think Real Madrid on Wednesday is where our season's at. And if you want these guys to be fresh and put in a shift, and we're going to have to put in a shift to do anything at the Bernabeu, I think they just beat Barcelona 4-0 tonight. Um, you know, they're, they're, we're, <laughs> we, need to, we need to turn up and play well. Uh, so I, I think the, the game on, on Saturday, as much as I, I don't like to write off games, I think it is a bit of a write-off of a game. Yeah. Well, I, I think mean, it's a good opportunity for some of the fringe players to. That's a to, that's a better way to phrase it, Chris. Well done. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And to be honest, some of the fringe players are better than the first team players. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll, up front could see Fafana, Madueke, and Mudrik. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's not bad, is it? That's probably better than what we were offering before. I might maybe decide a Bamiyang, give him give him some minutes. Uh, yeah. I think Lampard's the kind of guy who would probably be able to get Aubameyang back playing. He's got that kind of aura about him that he's a bit of a chummy guy. Like he's, he's come and do a job for me for ten games. Edward Mendy, they might get a start because uh, I don't think yeah. Kepa's going to be very happy to front Lampard's back. I'll put it that way because uh, <laughs> apparently when he left Cobham, he was doing cartwheels. So it's going to yeah. be a little bit awkward. And obviously, Mason, just a bit of a point. Mason Mount's contract situation. I think that's been turned on its head with Lampard coming in because I think Lampard will advise the club to. Give him what he wants, and I think that Mason will have a strong, very strong end to the season. Now, I mean, not exactly a out there prediction, but I think that actually really benefits the Mason Mount situation because it was getting pretty ugly under Salter where and Potter, where they basically were, they iced him at the end. They just weren't playing him. I mean, there was something going on. He was, I mean, you can't like last night. You can't bring on Collar Gallagher over Mason Mount. We need a goal. Absolutely shocking. So. Mason Mount is a much, much better player than Conor Gallagher. So you need to get Mason Mount prioritised back in the team ASAP. For me. I agree. I, I, was wonder, I wonder I was, if... I'd have Mount over Felix all day. Mount over Felix all day. Like, Felix was doing well. See, I, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a hot take, mate, I think. Wow. Well, Felix is... Mount uh, over Felix. Wow. Yeah, and for me, yeah. You're not, 
not watching him play. He was quite good yesterday. Did he score a goal though? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think uh, this season can be judged. I, I think they offer different things. I think they could yeah. both play on the same team. I agree. Yeah. I just think I end of the season, of business end, I'd rather have Mount in there. Mount scored the Bernabeu last year. If I had to pick a front three for, for Madrid right now, it would be Felix, Mount and Sterling. Yeah, do you know right. what? I, I really, really liked what I saw in pre so far along. Uh, pre-season, there was one, I think it was the last game we played where Mount and Sterling were playing and our pressing was so good because that's, that's what they're really good at, you know, energy, running around, really putting pressure on the, de- the defence, but not really seen much of them and I'd, I'd love to see them back because I think they offer quite a lot and I think, you know, we should be looking to try and get back into that style again where we're trying to press teams a bit higher, but maybe Madrid away isn't the best time to start that. Yeah. Um, but it's a good, good, you know, they offer quite a lot, I think, because with Mount, you get someone who's got high energy. You get that with Sterling as well. And I haven't really seen that with, um, well, let's be honest, Pulisic, Ziyech, Madueke, Mudrick. They're not really those types of players, I don't think. I just think Chelsea have got a bit of a habit even before. They've got a habit of window shopping a little bit. And like sometimes you've got the goods at home. And I think that Mount, I just think you need to prioritise players like that because they love the club. He's already got the numbers. He's already shown he can do it deep in tournaments. And, and deep in the very pivotal, I think he got the only player to get twenty goals and assists last season. Yeah, so, which is not we need him to get more. But and this season he hasn't been great. But even this season he's got like seven assists. So, yeah, I think you, I think you should start Mount. Uh, would you? Would you? So you, you're saying you? Sh- I mean, Kante hasn't played most of the season. Are you not playing him at all on Saturday? Do you not think he deserves some time again just to get him? Get him yeah. going again. Play, I, yeah. I might bring him on for 20 minutes, but I, de- I definitely wouldn't start Kante on, on Saturday. No, no. I don't think he can play uh, three games in a week. So I don't, That's just a silly thing to do. Yeah. I think the main ones who deserve starts are the centre-backs, so Baddy, Shu and Chalaba. They they need to get minutes. So yeah. whether they will, maybe Chalaba won't, but Baddy, Shu should. And, you know, Chalaba signed a new contract, repeat myself, but, you know, like I said last week, he... Oh, Koulibaly, you know, he's not, he's not doing particularly well, is he? And Chalabas can't get a minute. So there's a lot of discrepancies under Potter that need to be sorted out. Maybe we'll get a Loftus-Cheek regen. Um, let's do some quick predictions for the game on Saturday mm-hmm. away at Wolves. Brady? 2-0 mm, Chelsea, I think we'll win. Oh, here we go. Wow. We're back. Great. I mean, to be fair, the, the Wolves are not in the top 10, so we've got a chance. I'm, I'm going 1-1 one, one against Wolves. That's crazy. That, Craig, you know, Chris goes up to Mr. You love a little 1-1 one, one or a 2-1. That's all you predict. 1-1, one, 2-1. One, <laughs> one. Yeah, that's all you do. 1-1, one, 2-1. One, one. You, Mate. So, I, predict, I actually predicted 3-0 at home mate, to uh, Aston Villa. Start calling you split, splinters, mate. You're always on the fence. I'll tell you what, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Online. I'm gonna go for a, a fantastic three nil. Shackles are off. Wow, <laughs> two nil, three nil. You guys are in cuckoo land. Let's go to the quiz. <laughs> to be fair, we could have scored three goals last night. So it's not, not... If we scored three goals. It'd be ten percent of the goals we scored in the Premier League all season. <laughs> We'd probably be hitting our xG. Okay, some good good predictions there. Uh, optimistic, as uh, 
as we like to see. Well, maybe not. And then it's a Greg, Mr. Fence. <laughs> so it's Greg. Who's a open... well, to be fair, you've got a score in a goal, so you've yeah. um, upgraded there. Um, right, let's let's do a quiz. A quiz. Right, boys, a bit of our mission. We've had a bit of a shocker. You've actually just gone through the quiz earlier. I was going to go the last time uh, Chelsea won at Molyneux and it was 5-2. So, to be honest... Yeah, well, I don't know. I might be losing my status as a quiz master. If dodgy quizzes now, I even got one. Uh, so I'm gonna, have, you know, Chris Tarrant Brady is gonna have to pass over to uh, Chris ESCR because I know you've had a little quiz question bubbling for a little while, Chris. You're gonna leave it to off season, but I'm gonna need you to bring it in now, mate. Do you know what? It's quite aptly timed this this quiz because I was gonna yeah. wait, but um, with Lampard coming back, um, who remembers his first game uh, as the manager? Ooh. Lampard's first game. Yeah, I mean, I've... Oh, Nor- Norwich away. No, that was a good game though. Um, no, Crystal Palace. At oh, home? oh, I do. Um, Man United away. No. Oh, yeah, that was his first game. Sorry, his first home game. <laughs> God the hell. Yeah, Palace wasn't it or something or no? no. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh God, I do know this actually. This maybe this is the quiz. Le- Leicester, Leicester at home. Leicester at home. Do you know who scored? Mason, Mason Mount. Mount. Mason Mount. Now, Mason Mount... Uh, Was that not it? Is there more? There's more. There's more. <laughs> I mean, you, did, you took a while getting that, mate. Uh, four questions. No, I've, answered two, I've answered two questions already. What do I win? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Right. Mason Mount scored on his debut um, in that game. Can you name me the players who have also scored on their debut for Chelsea since that goal from Mason Mount? How many are there? There cool. is. Good question. Tell you what, four, you, might, four. You, might be, you might be taking over as quiz master, man. <laughs> I'm going to go Romelu Lukaku. No, got, it wasn't. It wasn't his. It wasn't his you, debut. Sound effects, mate. Come on. It wasn't his debut, was it? What do you mean it wasn't his debut? He played for Chelsea before. What some like budget yeah, sub appearance at West Brom or something? Like, come on. That He's, was his debut. That was the. That was the debut. So what? So what? So not counting that. So since so since the Mason Mount goal, since the Mason Mount goal, it's been four, really. Wow. Yeah, um, four. Yeah. Oh yeah. I say what? It's, it's difficult answering the question. It's much easier uh, than the answer. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Okay. Do you want a clue? Do you want a clue? Come on, boys. I'm actually got. Usually by the end of end of this, I'm chilling. Okay. I'm like, ah, oh, all, right, all right. One of them was from this season. Who scored any goals? Oh, oh no! Oh, Felix. What? No, I don't think it's Felix. <laughs> no, no, that's he, he, he definitely, definitely didn't score. He, he, got, he, he oh. got sent off. Yeah, yeah. God, that's a different quiz. That's a different quiz for a different, different quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell I'm usually asked. Oh, the Pierre, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. No. Oh no. Oh. To be fair, that could have been the answer, but. It's it's from the when did he sign? No, he's not on this list from what I've got. Who is it this season? So there's a new player. We don't score any goals. I, I can't think who this is. It's a defender. Fafana. Oh, sorry, I think I think uh, I think Aubameyang is an answer by the way, but it wasn't on my list. Fafana. No, he's he played ages ago. 
This season. He scored like recently, but he play, he played at the front. Kaladu Kulabali. Kaladu Kulabali. Oh, Mister Freezer himself. Did, Do you know who again? Did he not play away at Everton? Yeah, that's no. what happened. It's home. This is home debuts, boys. Come on. Home. De- you didn't say that. Home <laughs> debut. Right. I uh, said home right. after the Mesa Mount thing. Oh, so that's why Aubameyang's not. Uh, right. right. Home debut. Away, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fine. Right. Because I think I'm not, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. Aubameyang scored hey, against Palace, didn't he? I'll get, I'll get dug out of my quizzes every week. This is a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, do you know who scored? Do you get who he scored against? Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, Tottenham. Yeah. Body, uh, Cooper Ray or assist corner. Okay, okay, so, okay, so home home debuts. I mean, that's a much harder question because it's hard to remember people's home debuts as opposed to debuts. So, like, there's, there's. there's I'll, I'll, I'll go with a couple of punts. I'll go with Hakim Ziyech. No. Okay. I'll give you I'll tell you now that all players who play in defense How wow. about that? Mm. Um one of them maybe dubiously. Ben Chilwell? Ben Chilwell is absolutely correct. Do you yeah. know who he scored against though? Palace. No. Correct, yes. Correct, Greg, yes. <laughs> I don't, he, I don't remember him scoring against Palace. Get back to the fence, it's mate. Like, I think it was a left-footed drive, but he he sat out the first three games of the campaign with an injury. It was a free-one, wasn't it, or something? When he signed him, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, only, I think I had him in FPL that day. That's what I remember. So yeah, the next two are, are players who... One of them's a centre-back, and the other guy... Trevor, is... Trevor Chalabert against Palace. Yes, very one good. Of them. Yeah, of course. How could you forget that? Well, that was a great day, wasn't it? That, that was, was actually a fantastic day. That was when Brady was getting the champagne out. Oh, God, those were the days. Those were the days. Just right, the last one. Uh, last one on my list. What season was it? Well, it, it must be one of the ones in the last three. Well, yeah. We were, only had a couple of centre-backs. Oh, actually. <laughs> I think that's it. I think those are the only people. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's the end of the list. That's the end. I think Fantastic. we might have to go back to Brady. Is there? What, mate? I'm not on the challenge of the quiz master here, am I? It's a makeshift quiz, and it's 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 pretty average at best. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't have time to make this up. The, 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 the start of the quiz had so much promise as well. It, it, it was sort of a loaded question. It had like. You know, Mason Mount was one of these, but since then, this I quite like that. You should take notes of that, Brady. What's happened? I thought it was four. Is there only three? Yeah, yeah, but I can I can throw you another couple if you want. I'll just try and give you the names. Go on. Um, there are a few strikers. One of them was in the Sarri season. Signed him in January. Higuain. I think on loan. Higuain, nice. Yeah. Um, and one of them was a big money signing up front for us. I think the the last the two before that were both strikers. Costa. Costa's one of them. Yeah. He scored in a two 0 home win against Leicester. Uh, other one was another striker who. Giroud. Oh, that was a way. No, no, that was a way he scored a. Think, of, think of an expensive striker that we signed. Might not have liked him. Torres. No. Morata. Correct. Oh, Morata scored his. Who was that against? Burnley, I think. Oh yeah. I think we lost that game. I think he scored a header. He was boiling hot, Morata, for a little while. He went to the free. Yeah, we he? did lose that game because we got Gary Cahill sent off after ten minutes. I think that's right. Yeah. 
You need to score a hat trick at Stoke Morata. Weird player. Just fell off a cliff. He is rubbish, Morata. There's a few more if you can get them. One of them is another. I can, I'm going back now. I don't know how long you want this quiz to last. <laughs> I think the quiz might need to end. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll just give you their names. Um, one of them was a French striker. Um, Loic Remy. He's another one. Um, Juan Mata. Uh, um, and then there's some other ones. Um, George Weir, Hasselbank, Stanich against West Ham. Oh, yeah. Um, He's got an amazing goal. Yeah, Zen- yeah, that's right. Zenden, Mutu, Claudio Pizarro. Yeah, Mutu, remember him. Florent Maluda and Maluda. Deco. Mutu's goal was against Leicester as well, I think. Quite mm-hmm. a lot. Of yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, there's a makeshift quiz for you, but some uh, fun stats, hopefully, for people. I'll let you have another go next year, mate. <laughs> <laughs> was there four? Was there three? Are they at home? No one knows. <laughs> I tell you what, I hope this will throw a better light on my quizzes. I'll say that much. <laughs> anyway, well, right. thank, you, thank you for stepping in and doing a quiz for us, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate it. Judge Craig and Quizmaster Chris, what an episode. Oh, God, yeah. And, and right. public, def- public Defender Brady. <laughs> Thankfully, that's all we've got time for today. <laughs> um, regardless of the result, we will be back next week. For more updates on all things the SCR, you can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>